If you've ever heard someone describe feeling like they were kicked in the back of their leg or hearing a popping sound from their heel or calf area, it's possible that they're talking about an Achilles tendon injury, a common but serious activity-related injury. Achilles tendon injuries really level the playing field too because they can take out an elite performance athlete just as easily as someone horsing around with their kids in the backyard. Today we're joined by Dr. James Holmes. Dr. Holmes is an orthopedic surgeon and chief of the foot and ankle service at University of Michigan Health. This is a great topic and we're really gonna dig into all things Achilles tendon together. I'm Preeti Malani and thank you for joining us on the Michigan Answers Podcast. Hi, Dr. Holmes. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks very much. Thank you for the opportunity. So our team has scoured the internet and pulled together a list of the most searched questions about Achilles tendon injuries. It's one of the top searched topics online, and I'm assuming it's a common condition you see in your clinic. It is indeed. It's, it's very common, and, and as you point out, in really a wide variety of age groups. Well, let's get right to our questions then. Number one, what do we need to know about the Achilles tendon and its role in movement? Yes, the Achilles tendon, of course, is one of the largest tendons in the body, and it connects, like all tendons, it connects a muscle, the the large calf muscles, with the heel bone or calcaneus, and it's primarily responsible for propelling us forward. So its its normal function is responsible and is required, I should say, for normal walking, running, and jumping. So what are some of the more common Achilles tendon injuries? Well, as you, uh, as you illustrated, uh, uh, Achilles tendon tears are the things that get uh, people's uh, attention the most, uh, otherwise known as uh, ruptures or, or tears. And those are really uh, catastrophic failures of the Achilles tendon, which the, the tendon uh, tears in half, uh, essentially. There are other types of Achilles tendon problems that, uh, that we will uh, perhaps get into in terms of degenerative changes of the tendon. And, uh, and even tendonitis, which is an inflammation of the tendon itself. But the things that, that, uh, that most people are aware of when they think of Achilles tendon problems are the catastrophic failures, as you point out. How common are these injuries? Uh, these uh, injuries are actually uh, very common. And of course, as we become a, a, an increasingly more active society, we see more and more of these sorts of things. But, uh, but it's not uncommon in, in, in our practice to see uh, one or two Achilles tendon injuries of some sort uh, each week. Uh, They're, uh, again, uh, seemingly increasingly common. How are Achilles tendon injuries treated, and how long does it take to recover? Yeah, it depends on what injury we're uh, talking about. And and there's really been uh, a a significant change in our thinking with regard to the treatment of Achilles tendon tears or ruptures over the last 10 or 15 years. Uh, 30 or 40 years ago, anyone with an Achilles tendon tear uh, virtually always got an operative intervention. It was followed by a a, a series of casts, first uh, long leg casts from the hip to the toes, and then a short leg cast. And really, it's treatment that in, in, in today's uh, world in 2022, it's all, almost barbaric treatment. So we've really undergone um, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, transformation in terms of uh, our knowledge explosion, how to treat these operatively or non-operatively, and how to rehab them um, after that. Now, I would say that uh, in the last 15 years, we probably treat 70 to 80 percent of Achilles tendon tears non-operatively, based on some very good scientific data. And I would say that that proportion was reversed uh, 20 or 30 years ago. How can you cure Achilles tendonitis? Well, Achilles tendonitis is a little bit of a different problem. It's an overuse uh, problem, and it's uh, uh, it's caused, the pain is caused 
by inflammation between the tendon itself uh, and the sheath in which the tendon glides. Uh, and uh, sometimes in its most severe form, uh, you can even hear a squeaking, as, almost like two balloons being rubbed together, uh, and, but it's, that's actually fairly common. And, and that's an overuse uh, problem. And that, uh, like most overuse problems, is best treated with uh, rest and supportive measures. So uh, rest in terms of activity modifications, rest occasionally in terms of a brace, and of course other local measures, ice, elevation, that sort of thing. What exercises are safe to do with an Achilles injury? Yeah, that depends also on the injury. So for tendonitis, uh, as we just uh, spoke about, tendonitis is treated with supportive measures and, and rest until the pain resolves. And the the, uh, the end point, obviously, is resolution of the pain. And, and in that situation, the tendon itself, of course, is intact. Um, in Achilles tendon tears, it really depends on the manner in which uh, it's treated a bit. We're quite aggressive uh, at what we would call functional rehabilitation, which is early mobilization. We now know from a great deal of research that the tendon actually likes to see some controlled uh, tension in order to remodel properly. Um, and those rehabilitation protocols are very well um, spelled out, but in general for tears, irrespective of treatment, uh, those folks are not uh, out of a boot for at least uh, 8 to 10 weeks and oftentimes 12 weeks. The third type of Achilles tendon injury, if you will, are, are a series of or a group of things we call Achilles tendinosis. And I describe it to patients uh, this way. I say that arthritis is to a joint as tendinosis is to a tendon. So they're really like a, arthritis is a degenerative problem within the articular cartilage or joint cartilage. Tendinosis is a degenerative problem of the tendon itself, and that's a separate subset of things. It also requires specific, uh, oftentimes, uh, rehabilitation protocol and on relatively rare occasion, surgical therapy. Are there things you can do to prevent an injury to the Achilles tendon? You would expect um, that uh, a good stretching before exercise and that sort of thing uh, really should, should be helpful in terms of preventing Achilles tendon injuries, and actually there's no data to support that. I think that it makes good common sense uh, before we engage in any athletic activity or sports activity to make sure that you're, you're loose and, you're, and your muscles are, uh, are stretched out and, and you're ready to, uh, to do whatever it is you're going to do. And that certainly doesn't hurt uh, uh, your Achilles tendon, but there's not really good evidence other than that uh, that would suggest um, that it prevents Achilles tendon injury uh, per se. Are some people more prone to this type of injury? Is there a genetic aspect? Yeah, the, um, there's, if there's a genetic aspect, uh, we don't know, although we're looking at this in the lab right now, it's not clear. The, the classic Achilles tendon tear is sort of a, not to be scientific, but almost a bimodal distribution. And by that, I mean we see it uh, to some degree in young athletes, uh, college uh, and high school athletes that are, uh, you know, oftentimes elite, but not always, uh, certainly uh, function fairly highly. And then the other larger group of people is what we would call weekend warriors, that early 40s, uh, and, and in this day and age, we see an awful lot of Achilles injuries after pickleball, frankly, but uh, court sports in particular, tennis, uh, pickleball, basketball, pickup basketball games, uh, we, uh, we uh, see that. Now, in terms of comorbidities, so to speak, in other words, um, uh, diabetes or hypertension or heart disease, there isn't any clear correlation uh, about that. There are some medications that have some uh, um, predisposition to causing Achilles tendon tears, but we, we really don't have a good, um, uh, good understanding of exactly what predisposing factors otherwise may be responsible. So although more people are able to manage this non-operatively, 
who gets surgery and what's involved with that? Yeah, it, it, uh, this is an evolving, uh, an, an evolving discussion amongst uh, orthopedic foot and ankle surgeons. Uh, I think most people would uh, agree that uh, young athletic uh, individuals oftentimes qualify. I'm not sure the science is there necessarily to justify that, but the, the, the concern in all these injuries is residual weakness. That's what we're trying to prevent. And, it, and the tendon healing in an elongated position uh, will result in some degree of weakness. And in fact, there have been some studies, uh, long-term studies, 10 years, that show even with uh, either operative, excuse me, some long-term studies that show irrespective of treatment, operative or non-operatively, when compared to the contralateral or opposite side, the weakness may be as great as 12 or 15 percent. That seems not to be necessarily clinically relevant, but it's, a, it's a, just a testimony to how hard it is to get this uh, perfectly correct. What's involved with surgery? Uh, the surgery, uh, in terms of uh, operative treatment of, uh, of these injuries, is either open, which is a relatively small two or three inch incision, uh, in which uh, we put sutures on each end of the tendon and then pull the sutures together to approximate or put the two ends of the tendon uh, against one another so that they heal properly. There are other techniques that have been um, around for really a long time that have uh, undergone some evolution as well in terms of minimally invasive uh, techniques. Some of them involve uh, particular uh, instruments, um, and the results are really similar to open uh, treatment, maybe a slightly uh, minimally invasive techniques uh, that yield similar results. In the past, when a professional athlete had this type of injury, it was usually career-ending. Is that still the case? Yeah, it's not the case at all. Uh, there have been studies that uh, uh, looked at professional athletes and Achilles tendon tears, and it was an indirect study that really looked at their statistics uh, before and after they had the injury. I would say most athletes, uh, professional athletes, get back to some level of participation, uh, sometimes to their previous level, um, but sometimes a little bit less than their previous level, but still. Is there any exciting research underway regarding the Achilles tendon that you wanted to share with us? Uh, actually, in our uh, in our orthopedic laboratory, uh, Adam Abraham is actually now in the process of of uh, gaining funding to look at this very carefully. Common as these problems are, including the degenerative problems and acute ruptures, we really don't understand uh, the molecular nature of this and the biologic nature of this. And uh, and he is in the process of, uh, of 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 looking at a lot of those things at at a really uh, at a molecular level, and we hope to have some answers as that research goes forward to ultimately be able to predict, uh, uh, predict injury and ideally prevent it, of course. Dr. James Holmes, thanks for sharing your time and expertise with us today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning into this week's episode of Michigan Answers. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're unpacking some of the most searched for health topics on the internet. And if you're interested in learning more about how Michigan medicine is improving lives and advancing health, you can visit michigananswers.com. See you next week.